Shalom, 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 shalom. Shalom, evening people of God. Shalom, evening church. Please, I believe you are all doing well. I believe everybody's doing well. God bless you, my son, the royal eaglet. God bless you, son. May the Lord increase you in his grace and in his anointing. I pray for divine preservation over your life. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. All right, I thank God for your lives. By the special grace of God, I'm also doing well with my family. God bless you. My daughter, Sandra, Abna Ajima, God bless you. And increase his grace and favor over your life. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Daughter Jackie, God bless you. May the favor of the Lord keep you and shield you even for his work. In the name of the Lord Jesus. May the hand of the Lord cover you. In Jesus' name. Come here, may the Lord increase you in his grace and in his anointing. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Grand sister, command. God bless you and grant you great favor in the sight of men. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. All right. God bless you. God bless you and keep all of you strong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. All right. I want to welcome all of you to this evening session of the prophetic training. I believe strongly that the Lord is going to help us and grant us divine understanding even in his word. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, let's take a quick word of prayer before we zoom into the word of God. Blessed Father, we exalt you. We honor you this wonderful evening. Thank you for gifting us with another opportunity even to come before your very presence to receive the light of your word. We give you all the glory. We declare in the name of Jesus that we receive abundance of light that will disconnect us from darkness in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Your word is already anointed. Let it come forth with great power. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray that everything that has caused our eyes to be blinded Mighty God, as we position ourselves to receive your word, let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. Open our eyes, O God, and let your will be done. In Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. We give God praise. We give God praise. I want to welcome all of you to this evening's session of the prophetic training. Hallelujah. All right, um, last year, I think around this same time, um, we had a teaching session on the origin of Christmas and the origin of Christmas. And I think it was of a great blessing to many of us. Hallelujah. The Lord granted us understanding and um this year, let me say today, I'm not going to talk plenty. I'm just going to give us 
some few tips and some little understanding on a lot of things. Hallelujah. So, get ready as we soak ourselves even in the Word of God. One of the things that I've come to realize in our work with God is that many young believers that we have in our days now do not have understanding and they do not have the knowledge of what has already happened. You see, there are many of us here we do not have any historical background knowledge. We don't know anything. We just became believers through the preaching of an evangelist and we don't even know how Christianity started. Now, this is a big problem because if you don't know the origin of what you belong to as a religion, you actually cannot question anything. You just embrace anything that is being made manifest in the religion and you walk in it. And it is a very, you know, dangerous thing to do. But many of us, that is what our lives have become. You know, we do a lot of things because we were born into them. And even some of the fathers, you know, are doing them. So when we also do them, there is nothing wrong with that. You need to be very careful. Because in as much as we are following fathers, we are following them because they are following Christ. Are you getting it? And when they go wrong in a certain direction, it does not mean you to enter into that same direction and enter into a wrong thing. No. Hallelujah. So when there is an understanding of scripture that is not there on the side of the fathers, we don't disconnect from them. But we get to know the truth and we stay in that truth. So, the Lord will give us understanding. He will show us great mercy in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So, we need to understand that the reason why many of us are celebrating Christmas is because we don't even know what Christmas is. Anybody that tells you that Christmas is the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ has lied to you. That's not what the Bible says. There is nowhere in the Bible that said Christmas is the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. Among the feasts, hmm, the whole life that Jesus came to this earth to fulfill was captured in the seven feasts of the Lord. That the children of Israel, you know, kept and celebrated the whole life. Passover speaking of his death, on living bread speaking of his burial, first fruit speaking of his resurrection, Pentecost speaking of the, the outpouring of the Spirit, trumpet speaking of the announcement of the gospel. So through to the end, which is tabernacles. Hallelujah. So you see, we need to come to this point of understanding. There is nowhere 
In fact, the assignment of Jesus Christ was to come and die to save his people. So when you look at the seven feasts of the Lord that the children of Israel kept, the beginning of the feast was the Passover, and that was the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was much more important to God than his death, even though his death is also important. But you will have a lot of understanding here this evening. God will show us great mercy in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Great. The Lord will help us and He will grant us divine grace in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. So, let me say this. When we say Christmas, what is Christmas? There is nowhere in the Bible that says that Jesus was born on the 25th of December. Jesus wasn't born on the 25th of December. There is nowhere in the scriptures that says that. Hallelujah. But some of you, as I'm talking to you right now, you have Santa Claus in your house. You have already bought Christmas tree and you have already decorated it and your children are running around it. Some of you, even in your churches, when you go there, you have Christmas tree on the altar. What kind of nonsense thing is that? Christmas tree on God's altar. They will put a lot of Chinese light around it. <laughs> hey! May God help us and grant us divine grace in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Now hear me, listen to me, I'm coming from a certain point that will bring us great understanding, so follow me, hallelujah. Now, in the ancient times, there is something that they used to call winter solstice, winter solstice, and I know those of you in the US, those of you in those kind of places, you understand what I'm talking about, you know solstice. We in Africa too have a little understanding about the solstice, but there are two main kinds. We have the summer solstice and the winter solstice. Uh, oh, don't you know solstice? Okay, 
Alright. Now let me explain. Okay. There are two kinds of that solstice. We have the winter and the summer. Now, it is actually what we call longer days, shorter nights or shorter days, longer nights. When it is summer solstice, what happens is that the sun actually takes a long time before it sets. So we experience longer day. And when it sets, it easily, or let me say quickly, comes out. That one gives us the shorter night. So that one is called the summer solstice. The summer solstice is when we have a longer day and a shorter night. But the winter solstice is when the sun sets and is set for a long time. And we all know that when the sun sets, it goes, it, we experience what we call night or darkness. So when the sun sets for a long time, we have a longer night. Then even when the sun comes in the morning, it takes a shorter period, then it sets. So when we enter into winter seasons, in fact, when you go to US for instance, in summer, sometimes around 7 p.m., the sun will still be in the sky. 7 p.m. Meanwhile, in Ghana, when it is around 6.15 p.m., the sky actually is dark. I remember many years ago, I called one of my friends on video call in the U.S. It was around 8 p.m. and still the sun was in the sky. I was like, what? Good. It's called what? Daylight savings. I will come, I will, I will explain that one to you for you all to understand. Hallelujah. Now, I'm coming to a very serious and sensitive point. So follow me. Don't lose me. Now. So the summer solstice is when we have longer days and shorter nights. And the simple explanation is because when the sun comes, it takes a long time before it sets. And that is why people experience 7 p.m., 8 p.m. with the sun in the sky. That is called summer solstice. But when we hit the winter season, what happens is that we have longer nights and shorter days. This is because when the sun sets, it goes deep into the setting to a point where it takes a long time before it shows up again. Now, when you enter into the background, of occultism, satanism, they believe that when we enter into winter solstice, where it takes a long time for the sun to even rise again, that means the, the, the night is longer than the day because the sun is set and it keeps setting for a long time, the people in the other world, I'm talking about the occultic people, the witches, the wizards, those in the dark world, they believe that the sun is dead. Are you following? 
they believe that the son is dead. And once the son dies, they also have the belief because when the son dies, definitely it will rise again. And the rising of the sun to them is known as the rebirth of the sun. The rebirth of the sun. So in the period of winter solstice, are you are you following? Good. In the period of winter solstice, where the sun sets and we experience longer nights and shorter days that longer period of night in the witchcraft calendar is known as the death of the sun and when the sun is about to be reborn or the rising of the sun is actually known as the rebirth of the sun they celebrate are you following and according to them on the 21st of december is actually the rebirth of the sun. So winter solstice actually starts from November as it is entering into December. But on the 21st, from the 21st, you will now see that the sky is actually opening up. And the opening up of the sky speaks of the process of the birthing of the sun. But on the very 25th of December, 2-5 of December, is actually the clear manifestation of the birth of the sun. So in the witchcraft calendar, it is also known as the Wiccan calendar. Wiccan, W-I-C-C-A-N. According to the Wiccan calendar, the 25th of December actually is the rebirth of the sun. It is the day the sun is born after it had gone through a whole longer period of night or setting, which also speaks of his death. Are you with me? Now, it is this rebirth of the sun that has brought a whole lot of issues in Christianity that people call Christmas. Because the rebirth of the sun is not the birth of Christ. And we need to have this understanding. The reason why, now, follow me, God in his wisdom, what he wants to achieve on the surface of the earth god i told you that there are four main places that the destinies of people are written four main places can you give me the four main places where the destinies of people are written quickly mention one in the stars beautiful on your forehead in your palm and where lastly In your spirit inside your spirit so the first place is inside your spirit the second place is in your star the third place in your palm and the fourth place on your forehead now this is not 
only what has been written concerning human beings. Because when you look at the whole earth, God's plan and purposes for the earth is also written in the stars. So anybody that gains access into the stars can decode what God wants to do on the earth. Are you following? Good. Are you all following? Great. Great. So you remember, in the word of God, a time came, the Bible said, God entered into a covenant with Abraham. And God, Abraham was in his tent one evening when God called him out. And he said, look into the sky and tell if thou can count the stars. And in fact, the Bible said, look into the sky and tell the stars. Look into the sky and tell the stars if thou would be able to count. Now, it did not mean that Abraham was counting the stars. One, two, three, four, five. No, 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 no. That's not the meaning of it. God had inscribed something concerning the earth in the stars. And God brought Abraham to a place where he could read what God is trying to achieve in the stars. Are you following? There is something God wants to fulfill on the earth. It is written in the stars. And God brought Abraham out of his tent to show him because Abraham was part of that assignment that Abraham was going to be the father of many nations. All these things were written in the stars. So God wanted Abraham to read the stars to see himself in the picture of God's assignment on the earth. Are you following? Good. Now hear me. So anybody that gains access into the stars from a certain perspective can actually decode what God wants to do on the earth. Now, as if that is not all, when you remember that when the serpent entered into the Garden of Eden and caused man to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, when God came, God went straight to the serpent and God gave the serpent a certain warning. And God told the serpent something. In the book of Genesis chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. The the main part is the 50. But the Bible said, The Lord God told the shining one, or the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed than all the livestock and more than all the earth's animals. You will crawl on your belly and eat dust as long as you live. Verse 15, I will place an enmity or hostility between you and the woman. Look at this. This is a certain 
great word that God gave to the serpent. He said, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. It shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now, this word that God told the serpent became the greatest threat ever in the life of the serpent. That God was going to put enmity between him and the woman, between the serpent's seed and the woman's seed. From that moment, the serpent started looking for the seed. Because it is the seed that will bruise his head. So he was looking for that seed to kill so that it will not even come and bruise his head. Are you following? From that moment, the devil started a search. Looking for ways and means to know how that seed will come to the earth. And he knew things that were painted by God in the stars. Now, he traveled to one of the constellations in the sky that they called Virgo. Are you following? God is really going to help us this evening, I'm telling you. Can you all hear me, please? Great. Now, the devil understood that in Virgo, when he entered into Virgo, he understood and saw that Virgo, as a constellation, had the shape of a virgin with a child. And that actually brought a certain understanding to the devil that definitely this woman that God said he's putting an enmity between myself and her and her seed is actually going to be a virgin that will bear a child. From that moment, the devil decided to corrupt the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he started by taking that same story and manifesting it on earth even before the Lord Jesus Christ was born. So when you look into the history of religion, there are many people that were born through immaculate conception, not only Jesus. Are you following Okay, Sami is asking what, why Virgo, what prompted him to do. In fact, he passed through all the other constellations, but when he got to Virgo, he knew the secret. So you see, there is a certain God that they call Hare Krishna, who was born out of an immaculate conception. When we say immaculate conception, we are speaking of a virgin birth. He was born by a woman by name Maya in India. The woman was a virgin and she conceived and gave birth. And when the child was born, the child was named Krishna. And Krishna said, he is the savior of the world. In fact, that was just 
few, not long ago, but very long. The first person that picked this thing from that realm of the stars to manifest it on earth was a man by name Nimrod. That is why the Bible calls Nimrod a mighty man before God, a mighty hunter before God. Nimrod. Now, according to the story of Nimrod in the book of Genesis chapter 11, this Nimrod guy was the one that was leading all the people of the earth to build a tower. And I've explained the mystical secret behind the tower. Now, Nimrod died. When Nimrod got married, the very day Nimrod got married, he died. So he could not have any sexual intimacy with his own wife. But when the wife was there, after a few months, they realized that the wife was pregnant. And the wife came out to say that the spirit of his late husband came to overshadow her. And that has caused her to conceive. And in fact, she conceived and gave birth to a baby boy whose name was Tammuz. T-A-M-M-U-Z. Tammuz. Now, when Tammuz was born, Tammuz had a sign. So, when you look at the baby bump of Tammuz's mother, who was called Semiramis, when you look at the baby bump, when we say baby bump, those of you who don't understand, when a woman is pregnant, the way her stomach will become the dark round, contour-like manifestation. Are you, are you contour, contour? It is called <laughs> it is called a, a baby bump. Now, when you look on the baby bump of Tammuz's mother, it had the sign of the cross that we normally use. So the sign of Tammuz is the cross. Relax, I'm coming. And the moment Tammuz was born, Tammuz said he is the savior that has come to the earth. And he was sent by his father to deliver people. Now Tammuz grew and married his own mother. <laughs> Now, Tammuz was also born through an immaculate conception. When the father had not slept with the mother, he was born. Many years later, Krishna was born in India with that same story. Two years after that, Buddha was born in Nepal with the same story. Many, many of these beings who are gods were born on the same manner. And the shocking thing is that all of these beings were born on the 25th of December. 2-5 of December. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, that's exactly what the prophet Ezekiel is talking about. And we will come there. The way people were in the temple of God 
and they had turned their back on the temple facing east. You know what? Do you know that the sun shines from the east? So when they face east and they are, the Bible said they were worshipping, the women were, they were crying for Tammuz. So Tammuz is a sun god. Now, all these gods that were born on the 25th of December are sun gods. Now, these gods differ in, in names according to the kingdoms that they manifested in, but the same God. Are you following me? So, Babylon, when you look at the, the beginning of kingdoms on this earth, the first kingdom that came to the earth was the Assyrian kingdom. The Bible calls Nimrod, Nimrod the Assyrian. So Tammuz was connected to the Assyrian and also to Babylon. Are you following? So now, when you look at the same story of the birth of Jesus Christ, it is not something new. People were in, that is why when people want to believe in Jesus and they, they hear how he was born, they're like, ah, me, I'm part of Hare Krishna. Many, many years ago. And I want to become a Christian. Look at the way, is it not the same way that Krishna was born? Then I'm sure they, it's the same person. So they classify Jesus also as a son God. That is why they forced to put his birth on the 25th of December. But that is not the truth of scripture. So sometimes when you even look at the picture of Jesus, when you look at him, there is this round thing around his neck. There is like a certain round thing at the background of his head. That is the symbol of the sun. All the sun gods have that. Yes, it is called the halo. All the sun gods have that same manifestation. Meanwhile, our dear Lord Jesus is not a sun god. I told you that on the 25th of December, According to the Wiccan calendar, they start something they call Yule. Yule speaks of the winter solstice. Hmm? And I've explained what winter solstice means. Winter solstice is celebrated from the 21st of December. And that celebration is called Yule. It is out of that that we have what we call Yuletide. So Yuletide is actually the celebration of the birth of the sun. Many you see, they say Yuletide. Those of us who are in Ghana, right, we don't even know Yuletide. Those of us in Africa. But those of you in the U.S., if you really want to look at the way the people in the U.S. do their things, you will understand that you go to church, a pastor will say, Happy Yuletide. Pasta!
And when you ask pastor, what is your letter? He says, oh, it is Christmas. What is Christmas? The birth of Jesus. Really? So, Yuletide is Y-U-L, exactly, exactly as um, Angel Shelley and Afiba posted here. So, Yield is actually the celebration of the rebirth of the sun. And because the sun is actually reborn, according to the weekend calendar on the 25th of December, Every sun god is born. So the rebirth of the sun is the birth of the sun gods. Why should you put our Lord Jesus Christ in that dimension? But pastors in church are celebrating Christmas. Wait, when will that day be? I think 25th will be when? This Sunday they will, they will go to church. That is why I'm telling you these, these things. If you don't know your history, because So these witches, the occultic people, they laugh at us when we are celebrating Christmas on 25th December. They laugh because they look at them. They are they are they are celebrating our gods. And you actually enforce it to them that your God, the Lord Jesus, was also born on 25th December as a sun God. So you see, we are getting a whole lot of things wrong, but we don't know. So now the question is, if Jesus was not born on the 25th of December, when was he born? Is that not the question you're asking? Okay, now let's get a little understanding right here. The book of Luke, chapter 1, we are going to read a whole lot of scriptures, so make sure you follow me. The book of Luke, chapter 1, verse We are reading from verse 5 downwards. Now, when I say take note of something, write it down. Are you following? Good. The Bible said, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the cause of Abia or Abijah. Somebody should get me another version. Aside the King James, and let's look at the word Abia, the way the other because it is the word Abijah. Nice one. This is NIV. He said, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division, the priestly division of Abijah, 
take note of that priestly division of Abijah. Write that one down. Are you following? And his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Good. Now let's continue. The Bible said, Both of them were righteous before God, having lived blamelessly according to all of the commandments and regulations of the Lord. They had no children because Elizabeth was barren and because both of them were getting old. Verse 8. When Zechariah was serving with his division of priests in God's presence. This one the King James says. And it came to pass while he executed his priest's office before God in the order of his course. So you see, the Bible is telling us that there is there is what we call the division of the priests. Now, King David realized that the priests, that, that is the Levites, were plenty. And they are supposed to, you know, divide them into divisions. Are you following? Good. So, in the book of First Chronicles, Chapter 24, David divided, he, he actually separated the Levites into divisions. Are you following? So that when your time is due for you to come to the temple to serve, you will come. When you are done, then the next one also follows. So they were just running in shifts according to their divisions. So the Bible said, it was during the lot of this priest called Zechariah, who was of the course or of the division of Abijah. Good. The Bible said, this is how Aaron's descendants, the priests, were divided into groups for service. The sons of Aaron were Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Itamar. Let's continue. Follow. Good. Now, Bible said, But Nadab and Abihu died before their father and had no children. Therefore, Eliezer and Ithama executed the priest's office. Verse 3. And David distributed them both Zadok of the sons of Eleazar and Ahimelech of the sons of Itamar according to their offices in their service. Verse 4. And there was more chief men found of the sons of Eleazar than the sons of Itamar, and thus were they divided. Among the sons of Eleazar, there were sixteen chief men of the house of their fathers, and eight among the sons of Itamar according to the house of their fathers. Verse 5. Thus were they divided by lot. Don't forget it. They were divided by lot. One sought with another for the governors of the sanctuary and governors of the house of God and were of the sons of Eliezer and of the sons of Itama. Are you following? Good. Now verse 6. The Bible said, And Shemaiah the son of Nathaniel described 
one of the Levites wrote them before the king and the princes, and Zadok the priest, and Ahimelech the son of Abiathar, and before the chief of the fathers of the priests and Levites, one principal household being taken for Eleazar, and one taken for Itama. So you see, they were divided into lots according to their causes. Are you following? So the priests were plenty, and all of them cannot come to the temple to save when it is time of any festive season. So what happens, or when it is the time of Sabbath, because most it was during Sabbath moment where they come to the temple to save. It was only that moment that God had chosen that they should come to the temple to save. Are you following? Good. Now the Bible said the first lot fell to Jehoram. The second, so now they have been divided into lots. So when we, the first lot was on one man called Jehoari. Now this one will come with his people to serve on the first Sabbath day. Then the second one, so the Sabbath was on Saturdays. So on Saturday, the first lot, now it is first because it starts with the sacred calendar. I told you that in Israel, they had the sacred calendar and the secular calendar. The sacred calendar starts with Passover. When in the book of Exodus chapter 12, God appeared to Moses and said, This day shall be the beginning of months for you. And it was the month of Nisan. So the month of Nisan is the first month of the sacred calendar. Are you following? But when you come to the secular calendar, it is not. And the month of Nisan falls between the middle of March and April. So it is between March and April. That is where Nisan, which is the first month of the sacred calendar of, of the Jews, actually fall. Now, so in Nisan, The seventh of Nisan, which is going to be actually the, the seventh day or the Sabbath, Jehoarib, his lot has now been activated as the first. He will go with his people and they will serve in the temple. Are you following? The Bible said the second lot was to Jediah, the third to Harim, the fourth to Siorim, the fifth to Malkijah, the sixth to Mijamin, the seventh to Hakos, the eighth to Abijah, the eighth to Abijah. Do, did we, can we recall that Zechariah was ministering in the temple when his lot came according to the order of Abijah in the book of Luke chapter 1 verse 5. I hope you recall that scripture. Good. Now, according to the divisions that the word of the Lord is giving to us in 1 Chronicles 24, the lot of Abijah is which lot? The eighth lot. 
Are you following? The eighth lot. Good. Now, you would have to understand this when we go into what we call the sacred calendar and begin to understand how things used to flow in Israel. Are you following? Good. Now, before we jump into that, let's read some few scriptures. Let's continue with Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. From verse 9 downwards, the Bible said, According to the custom of the priest's office, his lot, that is Zechariah, was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Verse 10, and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the time of incense. Verse 11, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fell, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. And thou shalt call his name John. Verse 14. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. Verse 15. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Verse 16. And many of the children of Israel shall turn to the Lord their God. Now, this is speaking of the birth of John the Baptist. Are you following? Good. Now, when we skip some of the verses and we come to verse 23 downwards, the Bible said, so after the angel has told Zechariah all these things, the Bible said in from verse 23 that, And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, That thus has the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. Verse 26, the Bible said, And in the sixth month, which sixth month? In the sixth month of the pregnancy of Elizabeth, the Bible said, The angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Nazareth. Now, Verse 27, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Verse 28, and the angel came unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women. Verse 20, listen to what the angel is telling Mary now. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Verse 30. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, 
For thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Verse 33. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? Seeing I know not a man. Verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto him, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. The power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also, that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. Verse 36. And behold, listen to what the angel is now telling Mary now. He said, And behold, your cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. So you see, what the angel is telling Mary is that as I'm talking to you right now, your cousin Elizabeth is pregnant and she is in her sixth month. Are you following? Beautiful. Now take note. The angel told Mary that your cousin Elizabeth is pregnant also and she's in her sixth month. That means that and if Elizabeth was carrying John the Baptist in her womb, and right after the angel also spoke to Mary, Mary also conceived from that moment. It means that, that John the Baptist is six months older than Jesus Christ. I hope you believe that and you know that one. Good. Now, so if John the Baptist is six months older than Jesus, then if we know when John the Baptist was born, we can know when Jesus was born. Is that not so? How then are we going to know when John the Baptist was born? We should look at when he was conceived. The Bible told us when his father, Zechariah the priest, was ministering in the temple. The Bible said he was ministering according to his lot. And also of the cross of Abijah. So when we and we we read from the book of First Chronicles 24 that the cross of Abijah is the eighth Sabbath according to the sacred calendar. Are you following? Beautiful. So we are now going to look at according to the sacred calendar to know when the cause of abijah which is the eighth lot is supposed to manifest and when that moment comes the house of abijah where zechariah comes from will go and minister once we get to know the time he was ministering we have known the time that john the baptist was conceived and we can do the calculation to know the moment he will be born. And once we get to know the moment John the Baptist is born, we should just take note that six months after, Jesus will also be born. Is somebody following? 
Are you following me? Good. Now, when you look at the sacred calendar of the Jews, it starts with Passover. And we all got to know that Passover is in the month of Nisan. And the month of Nisan falls in our calendar between March and April. Are you following? Now, there are two main feasts in Israel. When those feasts are made manifest, or let me say, when the time of those feasts come, what happens is that all the people, all the priests will come and meet. All the priests, they will all come and work, whether it is your lot or not your lot. So when all the priests come and they come to do the administration in the temple, then let's say maybe the first lot is this Saturday or tomorrow. And it is the lot of the Dake family or the Dake group of priests. Now, when the Dake group of priests comes, what happens is that they will minister. Then the following week, maybe it was supposed to fall on that of Sami. Sami and his people will also come. But let's say the, the, the other week that follows is Passover. When it is Passover, the third group will not come. This is because Passover is one of the greatest sacred feasts. So all the priests will come. Are you following? So let's say the next one was supposed to fall on Abna Ajiman group of priests. It is not only Abna Ajiman group of priests that will come because that moment is Passover and all the priests are supposed to be there. So it means we have had the first course, the second course, or the first lot and the second lot. When we go to the third Sabbath, it was Passover, so all the priests came. So after Passover has been celebrated, then the third lot will now take over from the next Sabbath. I don't know if you are following Beautiful. So, when it is Passover, all the priests will come. And also, when it is Pentecost, all the priests will come. So, these two feasts brought together all the priests. Amen. Are you following? Beautiful. Now, so we now have understanding that Nisan is actually between March. Let me let me give you the the calendar of the Jewish calendar so that you can really understand these things. 
Okay, I, I think um, Dake said he has posted it on the page. Are you all following? Can you all hear me, please? Can you all hear me, please? Good. So now, the first month is called Nissan. Nissan. N-I-S-S-E-N. And it is between March and April. The second month is called Ia, and it is between April and May. The third month is called Sivan. It is between May and June. The fourth month is called Tammuz. It is between June and July. The fifth month is called Ab. It is between July and August. Are you following? Good. So, it follows. The sixth month is called Elul. It is between August and September. The seventh month is called Tishri. Tishri. It is between September and October. The eighth month is called Heshvan. Heshvan. It is between October and November. The ninth month is called Kislev. It is between November and December. The tenth month is called Tebeth. It is between December and January. Are you following? Then we have Shabbat as the eleventh month, which is between January and February. Then the last one is Ada. Ada is between February and March. Are you are you all following? I hope you've all gotten it up to this point.
Can you all hear me, please? Good. Now, so let's have this understanding. Can you all hear me, please? Good. Now, when you begin to read the book of Exodus, chapter 12, and even Leviticus, chapter 23, when the Bible was giving understanding about how and when the Passover is supposed to be celebrated, the Bible said, everybody should get a lamb. And the word of the Lord said that they should get the lamb that is blameless first. The lamb should not have any kind of trouble in, in its health. Also, the lamb should be a male. And that lamb is also supposed to be three years old. Are you following? Good. Now, so this is what is happening right now. When we get once we begin to understand the moment where these feasts were celebrated we can actually link to the very time that Zechariah was ministering in the temple. That will also help us to know when John the Baptist was conceived. And then we will count six months. We can actually count the nine months for him to be born. Then we can also calculate the birth of the Lord Jesus even from that side. Hope you, hope you all get that. Beautiful. So now, the Passover, God said they should take a lamb on the 10th of Nisan and they should keep the lamb for four days. And when they keep the lamb for four days, on the 15th, so when they keep the lamb for four days, it is actually going to be plus the 10 days that have already come. In the month of Nisan, you are going to have 14 days of having the lamb in their custody. Then, the very next day, which is the 15th of Nisan, that is when Passover starts. Are you following? 
So Passover actually starts on the 15th of Nisan. Now, understand that by 15th of Nisan, two weeks have already come before Passover. I hope you know that. Are, are you getting the calculation? This one here. We need technical because if 14 days is two weeks, then definitely two weeks have come before the Passover. Now, these first two weeks, the first lot or the first Sabbath will be for Jehoiarim and his people. They will go and minister in the temple. Then, the second Sabbath is going to be for the next lot. But because the third week, which starts from 15th, the whole week is for Passover, all the priests will come. I don't know if you are getting it. Good. So after that week of Passover, the following week, that Sabbath will be for the third lot. I hope you are getting it. Good. Now, then this thing will continue again. For, so, the week after Passover, the third lot will carry over. Then they move and move and move and move till they hit Pentecost. Now, according to even the Okay, let's do the calculation well so that you don't miss it. Amen. Good. Now, what did the Bible tell us that the lot of Abijah was? Which lot? Which lot? Beautiful. So now, can you hear me, please? Good. So when we start the whole weeks of the of the sacred calendar, starting from the beginning, which is the first month, Nisan, first and second week will be the first and second lot of the priest. So Jehoiarim and his people will take the first lot, which is the first Sabbath. Then the second Sabbath is going to be for Jediah. But when we hit the third Sabbath, because it is Passover, all the priests will come. So nobody will have a lot. Are you following? Then when we continue to Sivan, according to the, the calendar that the case saint, when we look at the third month, it is called Sivan. It is in that month that we have the Pentecost. Can you see that?
Can you see that? Good. Now, so Pentecost is actually in the month of Sivan. And I told you that Passover and Pentecost are these feasts that all the priests will come. So they will not do lots in that all the priests will come and they will all come and minister. So when you begin to look at it, if Abijah was on the eighth lot, and under normal circumstance, Abijah people should have actually, you know, come to the temple on the eighth week. Is that not so? Or let me say the eighth Sabbath. Good. But it is not happening because two weeks have been used for two feasts. So that will push the Abijah people to two weeks ahead. And that will let them fall in the tenth week. I don't know if you are getting it. Are you all following? Good. And if that falls in the tenth week, we can do the calculation. And using four weeks for a month, we can do the calculation and we will know the actual month that is the cause or the lot of Abijah. Are you getting it? So let's do the calculation. So what is actually going to be the tenth week? It is actually going to fall in Sivan. Is that not so? I think only few people are getting what we are talking about. <laughs> so they have become very quiet. Are you all getting what is happening? Very only few people are getting it. <laughs> okay. We need to just um, at least know the very moment that John the Baptist was conceived. Amen. It is in that that we will also understand. When Jesus Christ, because John the Baptist is six months older than Jesus. When we know when he was conceived, we know when he was born. And then we just count six months and we know that our Lord Jesus too will be born. Are you following? 
beautiful. So now, the period where, if we get to know when, exactly, so now using four weeks for every month, we realize that the tenth month is going to fall in Sivan. And Sivan, according to our calendar, is between May and June. Are you getting it? Can you all hear, please? Beautiful. Beautiful. Now, so based on the calculation, the 10th week actually falls in Sivan. And that is the week when John, the Baptist's father, Zechariah, was ministering in the temple that the angel appeared. And said your wife will conceive so it was in that very month that elizabeth conceived and the bible said six months after that the angel appeared to mary and told mary that you too you will conceive sivan actually is may june yes that is actually the sacred calendar of of um the jews that is the very month john the baptist was conceived it was that very moment where zechariah was ministering in the temple now if we count six months from that time we will now know when jesus was also conceived is that not so because it was six months after that that the angel appeared to Mary and told Mary that she will also conceive and give birth. So now, using the calendar, if we count six months from Sivan, the month that we will hit is actually the conception month of Jesus Christ. So now, let's do the counting. It is going to be from, so six months from that, Tammuz, Ab, Elu, Tishri, So we are going to hit the month of Kislev. The month of Kislev, which is actually between 
November, December, it is actually the conception time of Jesus, not his birth, when he was conceived in his mother's womb. That was the moment the angel appeared. Are you getting it? So technically, if you count nine months from Kislev, the month you hit actually will be the month that Jesus was born. Technically. So counting nine months from Kislev, we are going to move to Tibet, Shabbat, Ada. Then you come to Nisan again. Are, are you following? I don't know if somebody is following. Beautiful. Now, so when you begin to calculate nine months, you see, naturally, we all know that sometimes birth either delays two weeks or go. Um, two weeks beyond the actual date that they give. I hope you know that. Good. So, when you bring it two weeks um, below, we are actually going to get into the month of Elul, which is between August and September. But when you push it two, two weeks beyond it will fall into the month of Tishri. Are you getting it? This actually causes the birth of people not to be actual nine months as we normally know. Because if they, they use weeks to calculate, it will either extend or it will, be, it will delay a bit. Are you getting it? Good. How many of us have the the message that I, I, I taught concerning the constellations and the months that were connected to them? The constellations and the months that were connected to them. Good. So now if you have a check. you will realize that the month of Elul, which is August, September, is actually the constellation Virgo. I don't know if somebody is getting the point. And Virgo speaks of the Virgin Mary. The, it speaks of the Virgin birth. I told you, this is actually what Lucifer saw, and he started replicating that pattern of birth in Krishna, in Tammuz, and in, in Buddha, and all the other sun gods. So when you look at things technically, Jesus was actually born in September. 
it, it can either be in a loom or in tissue. Are you getting it? But it is actually in the month of September. People of God. So if you have any Christmas celebration, which you call the birth of Jesus Christ, it is actually not in December. December is his conception, not his birth. But can we know the actual date that Jesus was conceived? Can you hear me, please? Good. Now, the Bible said, can we, we, can we de- take the actual date that Jesus was conceived? The Bible said, in the book of John, chapter 2, verse 19 to 21, the Bible said, listen, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Verse 20, Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and would thou rear it up in three days? Verse 21. But he spoke of the temple of his body. Jesus said his body is the temple. Are you following? Now, with this understanding, we need to come to the place Even in the book of Revelation chapter 21 verse 22. Revelation chapter 21 verse 22. The Bible said, John said, and I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. So the temple is the Lord Jesus Christ. So when he said he was going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, the people did not understand. They said, sure, we use 46 years to build this temple. And you think you can just destroy it and build it in three days? And the Bible said they did not know that he was talking about the temple of his body. Now understand that if the temple is Jesus' body, then the body of Jesus that will be born, just as a temple has a foundation, the body of Jesus that will be born also has a conception. I don't know if I get my point. The foundation of a temple is the conception of the temple. If the temple is the body of the Lord Jesus, then the foundation of the temple is the conception of the Lord Jesus' body. Are you getting that? 
good. Now, let's read something from the book of Haggai, chapter 2, verse 18. Haggai, chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. You, let's stay at 18. Haggai, chapter 2, verse 18. The Bible said, Pay attention from now on, from this 24th day of the ninth month, when the foundation of the lost temple was laid. Pay attention. So on the 24th day of the ninth month, the foundation of the temple was laid. That means on the 24th day of the ninth month, the body of Jesus was conceived. And what is the ninth month? Look at the calendar. No, not our, our calendar. We are not using our, our calendar is, is bogus. <laughs> we are using the Jewish calendar. It is the month Kislev. And when you check the month Kislev, it is actually between November and December. <laughs> are you listening to me? Now, other versions make it very clear because if it is between 24, it is, if it is between November and December, we actually need the, the, the clear month that the Bible made mention of. Are you following? Now, other versions will point it out clear. So bring out other versions and let us check what they say about the ninth month. In this, the same Haggai chapter 2 verse 18. If you have any different version. Good. Okay. The amplified version said. Do consider from this day forward. From the 24th day of the ninth month. From the day when the temple of the Lord was founded. Consider. Okay, that is amplified. This one also says, Today is the 24th day of the ninth month, the day that the foundation of the temple has been completed. See what is going to happen from now. Now, I don't know this version, but listen to what this version says. Think about this. This one is saying 18th day of December. The day when the foundation of the lost temple was laid. Think carefully. Bring other version. <laughs> you want to know the very day. The very month. And the very day that Jesus was conceived. Now we know the month. It, is, it falls between November and December. Are you following I want somebody to give me New Living Translation, NLT. Haggai chapter 2 verse 18. 
He said, think about this. 18th day of December, the day when the foundation of the lost temple was laid. Think carefully. Think carefully. People of God. So from this very scripture, on the 18th of December was the conception of the Lord Jesus. And when you begin to count the months, you hit September as actually the month of his birth. Are you following? So you see, this whole thing that you are celebrating called Christmas on the 25th of December, it is very far from Jesus. It is not Jesus at all. Go and burn your Christmas tree. This when your Santa Claus. I don't want to talk about Santa Claus. I, I explained his matter last year. So you can go and download the origin of Christmas, the one that we did last year. You will be blessed. When your koto Santa Claus red and a dear white be naman only be so and they should keep pussy, you know. If Christmas cry is about Jesus, who is Father Christmas? Hmm? If Christmas is the birth of Jesus Christ, who? Because it looks like they celebrate Father Christmas more than Jesus. And now you, you are telling us that Father Christmas is Jesus Christ. When did you see Jesus entering into people's homes through the chimney? Those of you in Ghana and in some other African countries, you will not know what chimney is. And those of you in the US and the UK, you know chimney. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It is connected to a certain fireplace in the house. It is on top of the building that allows smoke to go out of the house. That is where Father Christmas passes. You enter through the chimney and come out of the burning place. Then when children wake up in the morning, they find gifts on the table, on, on, the, on the side of their bed. If the child is not doing good things, Father Christmas will carry the child and take the child through the fireplace, through the chimney. Hey! And you say Father Christmas is Jesus. Are you doing? Do you? May the Lord help us. 
and grant us divine grace in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Put this at the back of your mind. You see, they are now coming out with certain understanding. The word Christmas, according to them, comes from two words, Christ and Mass. Mass speaks of dedication or bringing into the public. So they say Christmas speaks of bringing Jesus to the public for the public to see. And you know, under normal circumstances in the calculations of birth, according to the Jewish tradition, when the child is eight days old, that is when they bring the child out and they name the child. That's why it is called outdooring. That is what they call mass. Are you following? But the thing is, where did that word come from? The Bible said, many false Christs will come. False Christs. When you hear Christ, ask yourself, which Christ is that? Is it the true one or the false one? Throughout the entire Old Testament, it has been displaced when Jesus was conceived and when he was born. That is how come the Bible, you know, technically gave out certain dates that John the Baptist was conceived six months before Jesus Christ. Why did the Bible say that? So that you will not be confused on detecting the very day our Lord Jesus was born because the devil will force you to believe that Jesus is a God from the sun. Hallelujah. But thanks be to God that he has granted us understanding in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. So people of God, finally, finally, I works. You have already been eating your jollof and chicken, Dada. You have already been eating your goat meat. You have already been uh, going for vacations. Huh? Stop that nonsense. Take me out. Where's my Christmas gift? Anybody that will ask that kind of question. If you want to give a seed to a man of God, don't say, man of God, this is your Christmas gift. No. Say, man of God, oh, just take this and, you know, and enjoy. Nice one. <laughs> Are you listening to me? Beautiful. Somebody said, can we say end of year present? Beautiful. In fact, that's what we are supposed to do. It's called Afishiapa. Afishiapa is different from Bronya. Bronya is the Christmas they are talking about. That is, that has not linked to Christ. But Afishiapa means the year has come to an end. Afina Kwa at the end. So when somebody says Afishiapo, the person has not made mention of anything called Christmas. Are, are you listening to me? 
No, 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 no. Afishiapa is not about Christmas at all. Someone said, Can we say happy Jesus Christ's birthday? So we have all the teachings that we have taught now. Were you not here? Jesus was not born on the 25th of December. I'll upload the message. Go and listen. It will help you know. Are you getting it? It will give you understanding. Beautiful. The Lord bless all of us. And keep all of us strong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Please, God willing, tomorrow at exactly 4:30 p.m., I'm going to meet all the covenant partners. Make sure you join us. There's an end-of-year prophetic declaration that God is going to release upon our lives. Amen. To so make sure you join us. Hallelujah. And also at exactly 7 p.m. Holy Ghost time. I'm meeting the school of the prophets. So if you are part of the school of the prophets, make sure you make time and join us. God is going to help us with deeper secrets into what He has for us in the year 2023. The Lord will help us. In the name of the Lord Jesus. God bless you all. Don't also forget that God will in this coming Monday is mega one word from the Lord. Exactly 7 p.m. Holy Ghost time. Make sure you have your coins with you. Three of them. Make sure you have your coins with you. Three of them. All right. If you have your communion wine, I'm praying over it for you. Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, let this token be turned to your blood. Let it carry your power that will minister healing and life to the bodies of your people. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. We nullify every form of poison that will be in any food which your people will partake. Precious mighty name. Amen. God bless you. Of you strong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. God bless you all. If you want to support the work of God, the number is 0240312551. All right, Consuela, let me pray over them for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that these tokens of handkerchiefs have received your power and your presence in the name of Jesus as they are administered according to your direction. Mighty God, we halt the works of the enemy permanently and we declare that your works have been established permanently in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, Consuela. I'm going to text you what you will do with them, okay? The Lord has favored you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. I declare over the token of share butter, it ceases to be normal share butter. It is hereby declared to be the balm of Gilead. Wherever it is administered, mighty God, bring forth power and glory. Let there be miracles, healing, signs and wonders. Your own glory in Jesus' precious mighty name, amen. God bless you and keep all of you strong in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. God willing, tomorrow we are all going to meet, and um, it is going to be a moment of prayer. 
The Lord bless all of us and keep all of us strength in Jesus' precious mighty name. Please keep sending your pot points, keep sending your gifts so that we can still get the, um, the silver badge by next month and continue with what God has for us in Jesus' precious mighty name. Amen. God bless you all and keep all of you strong. We shall meet. Shalom.